You are listening to Distinct Poplar, a twice-monthly audio fiction series written and read by Matt Herzberg from www.distinctpoplar.com. This episode is titled Black Wheel. Somewhere once, in a city that forgot to stay clean. In his first few years as a teacher at Kagger High, go Thunderbolts! Mr. Bilby Blackwheel felt mostly underappreciated by his colleagues. Overlooked, you might say by the executive arm of the school administration, needlessly passed over time and time again for promotion and pay increase, despite all of his hard work and determination. He had brought such things to the attention of the principals, both prime and vice, and even put in a request to the superintendent to shed some light on the injustice concerning the actions of his superiors, or perhaps inaction, was the better way to put it. Mr. Blackwheel was being balefully overlooked, and he intended to put a stop to that, once and for all. At Kagger High School, Mr. Blackwheel served as the corrective learning coordinator as well as two full-time classes. Mind you, he'd not taught anything since the incident. No, his classes were both study periods, the absolute boring dregs of campus responsibility. That's where they had stuck him, in a place with misbehaving children whom he suffered and anguished over their laziness and complete lack of focus or dedication. Passing notes, whispering, neglecting their studies, the worthless lot of them pissing away the value of their education, trapped in their hormones for an endless cycle of confusion and stupidity. And all the while Mr. Blackwheel was stuck in it with them, the participant observer, his purgatory of their never-ceasing uselessness, his valuable teaching skills gone to waste. For once, a long time ago, Mr. Blackwheel envisioned himself as an artist. His medium was language and proper vocabulary, structure, and the awesome power of punctuation as it brought order to the chaos of the unrestricted written word. 
but he was a disciplinary man first and foremost. But it didn't matter here, where his craft was expended worthlessly, without purpose. Ever since the incident, Mr. Blackwheel wasn't allowed to teach anything to anyone. Ah, yes, the incident. Mr. Blackwheel suffered in the memory of it. More of a misunderstanding, to be sure, but one in which got him nearly fired. You see, you're not supposed to tell a student you're going to kill them. Even if you'd never actually do it, ever. Well, he was sure he'd never actually go through with it. Well, mostly sure. But he didn't think that anyone would blame him should they keep in mind the situation he was in. Surely someone must be sympathetic to his struggle, both post and prior, the incident. Having to fill in for six months for Mr. Alifak Drool, who was out sick with a potentially life-threatening condition, was the climactic entrance to the teacher's podium that he so rightfully deserved. That's how Mr. Blackwheel got the job, and he loved it so much he would have strangled Mr. Drool with his ashy white hands just to keep it forever, even though he would never actually do that. Well, he was sure he wouldn't. Mostly sure. Before Mr. Drool's class had an opening, Mr. Blackwheel was still the school's corrective learning coordinator. Before Drool, Blackwheel monitored the hallways and locker chambers, slinking and scuttling around the corridors in his large black robes, clutching his very own custom-made and personally embroidered leather tooth lasher so much more effective than the standard issue ones that the school system of distinct poplar provided. Blackwheel's record was impeccable, something he pointed out more times than he could count whenever his review would come to pass, year in and year out. Why he was all too ready to showcase his many confirmed apprehensions of stragglers and squatters, of misbehavers and miscreants, of rogues and rabble-rousers. Mr. Blackwheel's methods were strict but effective, and he had the numbers to prove it. Mr. Blackwheel had charts prepared and presenter slides at the ready, each one showing his formation strategies and attack patterns. How he had spent months nay, years, perfecting the ModMock student apprehension protocols from over 75 years ago. No small task, to be sure. But had they cared about any of it? No, certainly not. Had they appreciated his worth, the value he brought to the disciplinary standards of the entire school? No, of course they didn't. Blackwheel had been passed over time and time again. That is, until Mr. Drool got sick. That's when Blackwheel had gotten the chance to show what he could do. 
He was so very excited on his very first day of class. He made sure to memorize every inch of his lesson plan perfectly. All of his handouts were freshly inked from the gigantic machine in the teacher's lounge, a place he'd never set foot in before. He also made sure his voluminous black robes were dry-cleaned and finely pressed for the occasion, the hood especially treated with care, so that he appeared at his most ominous self, best to let the students know from the start that he would not be trifled with, which, admittedly, Blackwheel might have taken too far. Hence, the incident. It couldn't be helped that Blackwheel was a disciplinary man first and a noble educator second. Order must be kept tight and the lash must be kept smart. That is what the child disciplinarian legend Professor Modmox had always said. That's why Blackwheel's custom-made lasher was always at the ready. When a student slept, he'd crack it like a whip above the student's head, separating tufts of hair and snapping the student awake instantly. But it wasn't just the lash that Blackwheel specialized in. When his students spoke out of turn, Blackwheel would stare them down mercilessly while he closed the space between them. They wouldn't do it again, not ever. That is, unless they wanted him hovering over them, eyes wide and unflinching, breathing heavily down upon them from his place of authority, his well-practiced cackle, the temperature of ice. He'd even perfected the eyes-in-the-back-of-his-head method of pseudo-class observation. If a note were passed while he was at the blackboard, dragging his fingernails up and down its surface while he lectured, Blackwheel would not only catch it from the corner of his eye, but he'd leap onto the top of his desk, directing his teacher's pointer at the perpetrator and belittling them with a salvo of targeted insults he'd been collecting about each individual in his class. These were customized threats, tailored to the fears and insecurities as recorded with absolute accuracy in his Journal of Nightmares. Professor Modmox would be proud, no doubt. Blackwheel's class was terrified of him, which was how it should be if you asked him. And the incident should never have happened. The incident being a student named Hilden Stringson. Hilden Stringson was some sort of wayward bully that had transferred from two different schools already before ending up at Cagger High. By the time he ended up in Blackwheel's class mid-semester, the teacher figured he'd introduce Hilden to his special way without delay. In fact, Blackwheel delighted in the idea of a fresh victim, as his methods for the existing class were almost too effective, and Blackwheel wondered if he should step up his lesson plan. But Hilden was somehow dubiously unfazed by Blackwheel. The tirades, the slurs, the stare-downs, the snapping lash, pop, pop, pop. 
Hilden seemed immune to it all somehow. Blackwheel attempted to make an example out of all of his other students on Hilden's first day of class. The boy was meant to stay outside the classroom until he was called for, well after the last bell had rung. When he entered, Hilden found the whole class sitting straight and absolutely still in their seats at their desks. Frozen and wide-eyed, they stared at the new kid with such intensity it was as if their lives depended on it. Blackwheel made it that they'd never flinch from their unflinching gaze in order to unnerve Hilden from his very first moments in class. Meanwhile, Blackwheel stood behind them in all of his nightmarish glory. The large folds of his robes seemed to keep him contained within the large black mass of their layers. His skin was a particularly gruesome pallor, and his long black hair was thin and molded to his head with grease. To say that a face could sneer unpleasantly was an understatement with the hellish expression firmly stuck into Blackwheel's mannequin-like facade. His teeth were perfectly stained to a dull yellow, each single tooth fixed into a foundation of blackened gums. His nose jutted forth from his face like a vulture's beak. His eyes were wide and thick, with a comb-over of bright red blood vessels in the milky white of his stone-cold stare. In one hand, Blackwheel held his custom-made leather-tooth lasher, the edge of which dangled back and forth as if it had just been used to flay a disobedient student's very flesh just moments before Hilden's entrance. Or at least, that's how Blackwheel pictured it. In his other hand, Blackwheel held his thin wooden teacher's pointer, which he used to direct his new student to a seat in the very first row, right in front of Blackwheel's desk. Oh, how he reveled in the absolute terror that the new boy must be currently suffering. However, Hilden was mostly unimpressed by the whole scene laid out in front of him, and when Mr. Blackwheel directed him with that pointer in one hand and the threat of a lashing in the other, Hilden only shrugged, his eyes unfocused, as he drug his feet behind him. The rest of the class held their breath at the boy's move of apathetic defiance, despite their teacher's well-orchestrated attempts to unnerve the new kid. Then, all of the sudden, it was as if each of them had briefly come upon a collective realization that Mr. Blackwheel's wrath was not as dangerous as they had originally perceived. Mr. Blackwheel had also suddenly realized something. The terror-stricken sense of well-practiced order was evaporating somehow. It was as if the students were no longer under his spell. Their broken concentration, their wandering eyes, 
and fleeting expressions were cause for his concern, one that he soon corrected by cracking his lash above their heads, snapping them back into the proper place. But had the damage already been done? The obstruction of order was brief, but deeply concerning, and Hilden's introduction to the worst period of his school day had not gone according to plan. As time passed, Mr. Blackwheel found it harder and harder to keep control of his class due to the face of Hilden Stringson, the boy who didn't seem to care. It was as if every disciplinary preemptive act had no effect on him, and Blackwheel began to wonder if the boy was just excessively so stupid that he couldn't be scared, or if this were some sort of counterforce to his well-practiced methodology of student discipline. Mr. Blackwheel decided that he would have to reassert himself over the situation in order to pull Hilden in line with the rest of his students. He started by addressing the class over their most recent pop quiz and the lackluster results across the board, particularly in the case of following the rules and guidelines of a properly measured and formatted piece of notebook paper so that it was suited to use as the quiz's answer sheet. After all, it was one thing for Mr. Blackwheel to ditto the pristine forms of test questions, but he'd be damned if he allowed the students to sully them with their wretched handwriting and their greasy fingerprints. Not to mention their general lack of respect for order and structure that was the corrective learning style of page configuration and measurement techniques. The CLS PCT was the very standard of excellence that other teachers were calling obsolete as they refused to enforce it. That is why he required his students to measure and format a piece of their own notebook paper with the rulers and guidelines provided by the CLS PCT system, which almost every one of them failed outright, which meant an overall failure on the quiz, regardless of how many correct answers to the actual questions, of which most of the class performed exceptionally well due to Mr. Blackwheel's regimen of strict order and fear tactics. Yet the measurements were all wrong, and therefore, the class should be punished. Now he was taking the opportunity to scold and belittle all of them separately, one by one, for their collective failure, perfectly reciting the bullet points of intimidation from his journal of nightmares, which worked better than expected. Some students shook in their very seats, and others openly wept right in front of him. That is, until he found himself looking down the very bored and unimpressed face of Hilden Stringson, who countered Mr. Blackwheel's ambush of insults with a very loud and laborious yawn, which he accompanied with a dangerously sheepish and unfocused stare that seemed to never meet his teacher's exact gaze, and yet always looked right into Mr. Blackwheel's eyes. How could this be? 
Bilby Blackwheel had lost his students once again. For another brief moment, they forgot their fear and began to chortle at the brazen display that Hilden had made, and right in front of him, and right to his face, no doubt. So he turned towards the boy and sneered so hard that his teeth felt as if they would rocket forth from his gums, so hard that he could feel his nostrils flare open and close rapidly. His eyes bulged from their sockets as if they could pop right out of his head. And yet, Hilden just stared back at his teacher, clearly unimpressed. Bilby Blackwheel had never encountered something like this before. The passages in Professor Modmock's guide that addressed this sort of thing had been passed over in favor of getting to the good stuff. So he retracted, backwards, towards the safety and security of the classroom blackboard, where he could test his fingernails should the need be for an added flourish to regain the control he was losing, dripping away with each passing second. But in order to get there, Bilby Blackwheel would have to navigate his desk, which came up just behind him, separating the space between him and the blackboard he so coveted to be close to. In his unhinged clumsiness, Blackwheel bumped his desk and knocked over an apple that had been placed and replaced there by the students each and every day as an offering to him. Today's apple fell from its place to the floor and bounced over to the feet of Hilden Stringson. Bilby Blackwheel's face recoiled in terror at the thought of the boy smashing it with a well-placed drop of his boot. But the boy didn't seem to notice. That is, only at first. After his foot glanced across the shiny red surface, Hilden reached down and picked it up and studied it before placing it up to his mouth. With eyes deadlocked with Bilby's eyes, Hilden took one massive bite. His teeth forcing the peel to rupture, juices flying everywhere. A large chunk of it fell into his open mouth, where Heldon's teeth mashed it into digestible bites. This was the incident, the moment when Bilby lost his composure and threatened to kill a kid, Hilden Stringson. From his place at the desk, Bilby flung himself into a rage. His hands fell to the underside of its surface as he hefted and flipped his desk completely over. When it happened, the room felt silent in a shock. Except for Hilden, who noisily took apart that apple, right down to the very seeds and core, as if the boy had never eaten anything ever and was so hungry now that he couldn't help himself. Bilby jumped over the upturned furniture and found himself face to face with Hilden. Listen here, boy, he said, his voice squeaking like a deflating balloon. If you think you can come into my class and so openly disrespect me, you've got another thing coming. 
I'll rend your flesh with a knife so rusty and sharp you'll scream while I peel it from your bones. I'll put out your eyes with the tip of a fireplace poker and feast on the stocks that will spill from your sockets. I'll yank out your fingernails with a pair of cold black metal pliers. I'll smash out your teeth with a hammer. I'll, I'll kill you. Once it was out of his system, Bilby was at a sudden loss for words. Looking around him, he noticed that the class silently locked onto him with expressions of anger and rebellion. No teacher had ever spoken that way to any student in the history of Cagar High. Bilby's reign of terror, his insults and bullying, his abusive threats of harm, it had all accumulated around Hilden Stringson, who only smiled back at him and shrugged as if it had all meant nothing. Nothing at all. This caused Bilby to recoil in absolute terror of his own doing. Now that it was turned back on him, he could only flee the scene before it threatened to close in all around him. That was it for the incident. You could do much to intimidate your students by today's standards. But you couldn't threaten to kill a kid. That might have worked 75 years ago, but not now. Times were different. Oh, what in Modmox's name was he thinking? Bilby's robed arm came up to cover and protect his face as he backed out of the room. He left school by means of his tiny black car and stayed home for the next three weeks. Hilden agreed not to press charges, and his deadbeat parents would probably never know about the incident. Still, Bilby Blackwheel suffered in his mandatory confinement, seemingly forever locked away to oversee the free study periods, the horrible misuse of his many talents, his value overlooked, as he was always passed over, time and time again. But he wouldn't stay down here forever without a plan to take it all back. No, certainly not. He'd find a way to be free of this punishment and the disgrace he suffered to all his past students. He would look forward to his opportunity to show his worth to those who put him here, to show his wrath, to have his revenge. You've been listening to Black Wheel by Matt Herzberg. Copyright Wednesday, September 27th, 2017 from distinctpoplar.com. The music in this episode was done by Kevin McLeod. See the details for more information on this episode. For more stories like this one, as well as ebooks and other features of the city that forgot to stay clean, 
visit us online at distinctpoplar.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Distinct Poplar, as well as our Facebook page and YouTube channel, youtube.com slash user slash distinct poplar.